So I'm going to tell a story in a minute about a man named Bartimaeus. But we have to get ready in order to hear this story. And we need to get ready because sometimes our minds are jumping around and sometimes our bodies need to get a little settled. So we're going to sing a song that Julie is going to lead us in. And that song is going to help us get ready to hear this very, very important story about Jesus and a man named Bartimaeus. So listen as Julie creates sound for us to sing together. So please remain seated as we join together to sing verse 1 of hymn 454, Blessed Jesus at Your Word. So this is the story of Jesus and a man named Bartimaeus. And instead of reading it out of the Bible, I have um, memorized this story. I'm going to tell this story by heart. And I do it this way because this is the way that the story was first told, right? So when Jesus and his followers were learning all about these stories and sharing these stories with other people, they didn't have them written down. They told each other by heart these stories. So this is a story from Mark. Jesus and his disciples entered into Jericho. As they were leaving Jericho, Jesus and his disciples, and now a a very large crowd, had gathered. And as they were leaving, there was a blind beggar named Bartimaeus. He was the son of Timaeus. And Bartimaeus was sitting by the side of the road, and Bartimaeus was begging He was asking for money. When Bartimaeus realized that Jesus was among all these people, he called out, Jesus, son of David, show me mercy. So many people were shocked. And they told Bartimaeus to be quiet. And Bartimaeus shouted even louder, Jesus, son of David, show me mercy. Jesus said to them all, call him to me. And so they went to Jesus and they said, be encouraged. Get up. He's calling you. Bartimaeus tossed off his cloak. He jumped up. And he went to Jesus. Jesus said to Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus said, teacher, 
I just want to see. And Jesus said to Bartimaeus, Go. Your faith has healed you and made you well. And at once Bartimaeus could see. And then he went and he followed Jesus along the way. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Three and a half years ago, my then four-year-old nephew, Crosby, was diagnosed with leukemia, ALL. For the first ten days after Crosby's diagnosis, he was at Nationwide Children's Hospital in Columbus, Ohio. And for those ten days, Crosby was receiving spinal taps, his first round of chemo, and all the ice cream that he wanted. Crosby had surgery to put in his port, a tube in his chest that would become this entry point for the chemo and all the life-saving medicine to come. Those first ten days were horrible, and my little nephew was wiped out from the massive influx of new emotions, medicines, and a future completely tossed upside down. My twin brother, John, and his wife, Jen, had entered into a realm of existence they never, ever anticipated. Now, around the fifth day of Crosby's first ten days in the hospital, a nurse came into his room. The nurse told and asked Crosby, I'm going to take your temperature. Is that okay? And Crosby's response was, no. And the nurse said, well, why not? And Crosby said, because you don't even know my name. You don't even know my name. It's a pretty bold and courageous statement for a four-year-old. If you're going to take care of me, you need to call me by my name. If you're going to take care of me, we better know each other. If you're going to take care of me, we need to understand what healing looks like, and it's not just about my temperature. Crosby was so clear in that moment of what he needed to be in control of and what he needed to be part of his treatment. So in that moment, Crosby flipped or turned upside down. He rearranged, transformed this starting point for his healing. Crosby intuitively, as a four-year-old, knew what was crucial to his process of survival, and that was relationships. There had to be a knowing, a mutuality, a sense of connection if the intimate work of saving a four-year-old's life was to take place. Like Crosby, Jesus and Bartimaeus redefined healing. In restoring Bartimaeus' sight, Jesus and Bartimaeus gave us, give us a window, 
give us a vision on how God flips everything upside down for the sake of God's kingdom. Bartimaeus and Jesus show us how God interrupts our human interactions to show us how faith as discipleship makes us well. Now, before Jesus had even run into Bartimaeus, Jesus had already encountered a rich man and two disciples, James and John. The rich man sought Jesus out to get answers about eternal life. The rich man walked away from Jesus, realizing he could not let go of his fortune. James and John wished for status and privilege when it came to their place in God's kingdom. Jesus didn't grant the rich man or the disciples answers or status or privilege. So Bartimaeus provides us with a dramatic contrast of those three previous followers of Jesus. Here we have a blind beggar yelling at Jesus, defying social norms of respectability and appropriateness, Beggars are supposed to stay quiet. Stay on your cloak. Ask for alms for those coming and going out of Jericho, but don't put your voice out there in the public. Bartimaeus didn't ask for definitive answers or questions to the perplexing mysteries of faith. He didn't ask for status or privilege or to sit at the right hand or the left hand of Jesus. And what happens next in our story is so crucial to the healing ways of Jesus that once Bartimaeus came close to Jesus, Jesus asked Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus didn't assume that because Bartimaeus was blind, that Bartimaeus wanted to physically see. Jesus could have said to Bartimaeus, working out of assumptions, well, you just want to see, don't you? Jesus could have given Bartimaeus his sight without asking anything. Has that ever been for you? Has it ever been because of who you are, someone just assumed what you needed or wanted? Has it ever been because of your job or position or gender or race that someone just made a whole bunch of assumptions about you? Has it ever been that in healing from an illness, from grief, from change, from a relationship, that someone just assumed without asking, even with the best of intentions, what you needed? Have you had moments when Someone just spoke for you and your healing. Jesus asked. Jesus asked Bartimaeus what he needed, what, he, what Jesus wanted from him. And Bartimaeus replied, I want to see. And Jesus asking Bartimaeus, what can I do for you? Jesus defines God's way of healing, and that healing and well-being are relational. Healing involves asking questions. 
It involves breaking through assumptions. God's way of healing requires us to be close to each other, calling ourselves to each other like the crowd and Jesus and Bartimaeus did in order that we can be in relationship with one another. In the asking of what do you need, Jesus was asking Bartimaeus, how do you see your life? And how does what you see impact what you need from me? If God, if Jesus were compassionate enough, mindful enough, gentle enough in that moment to ask, what do you need? Isn't that our sacred and holy work too? If God, if Jesus stopped in their tracks to listen to the voice of a poor blind beggar, isn't that our sacred holy work too? So instead of me blowing past homeless folks sitting outside the CVS at DuPont Circle, aren't I to stop and listen and ask? We, we see a lot of assumption making in our culture. Assumptions about healing and what people need. We can assume a lot about folks who are homeless and what they need. We can assume stereotypes that people who are poor are just lazy and don't want to work. We can assume a kid gets certain grades because of the color of their skin. We can assume that a four-year-old with leukemia doesn't want to be called by name. Jesus and Bartimaeus and this crowd show us that God's way is a radical, relational, inquisitive way of restoration and new beginnings. And that's really what this story is about. Being able to see healing and new beginnings that Jesus offers us. Yet, yes, once Bartimaeus opened his eyes, he could physically see the world around him. Yet Jesus gave Bartimaeus so much more. Jesus gave Bartimaeus a new way of seeing the world and people and himself and relationships and how Bartimaeus would be called to act in the world on behalf of Jesus. That's what Bartimaeus was able to see. So with Bartimaeus' eyes still adjusting to the light of the world around him, Bartimaeus was called to go. And without any way of knowing what was next, Bartimaeus does just that. Off he went to live in the ways of Jesus. So in the stories before Bartimaeus, as I said, the rich man sought definitive answers to life's mysteries. James and John just longed for status and privilege. But Baird, Bartimaeus and Jesus disrupt this notion that God's kingdom will follow the patterns of this already existing world that they were in. So as one writer put it, the rich man and those disciples seem to believe that the new world will be set up just like the world, only the old world, only with new leadership in place. The bad guys at the head will be removed, their chairs fumigated, and God's new crew will be seated with Jesus in the number one position, and most loyal members of Jesus' staff will be on either side of him. 
Bartimaeus and Jesus show us that the old ways will die to resurrect and make new room for new ways of healing and prophetic ways. They show us God's call to us is a radical shift in how we are together. We are to stop as Jesus did. We are to listen to each other. We are to drop our assumptions. We are to call each other close. God flips and disrupts and turns life upside down as we know it. Those are the ways of the kingdom, and Jesus turned Bartimaeus' life upside down. Bartimaeus tossed his cloak aside to become God's follower, and I love that part of the story, this image of Bartimaeus letting his cloak fly. The alms he had received just left there to gather dust on the ground or maybe picked up by one of his friends. Bartimaeus gave up what was familiar and safe and known, not just to physically see, but to see the world through the eyes and the ways of Jesus. Chevy Chase, this seems like your work this summer as your beloved Molly is on sabbatical. You have created this intentional sabbatical time for yourself calling this community to see in the ways of Jesus through art and formation and community. And during this time, you're tossing off your cloak, springing up and stepping closer to each other. And you're stepping closer to God to see faith in new and restorative ways. So Bartimaeus is calling you, is asking you, Chevy Chase, to ask yourselves, will you stay where you are? Will you sit on that familiar cloak? Will you make a spectacle of yourself for the sake of the gospel? Will you expand your concern for the poor and hungry, what is within arm's reach, reaching beyond that cloak to care for those in the, in the ways of Jesus? And like that cloak Bartimaeus tossed into the air, will you toss aside assumptions about each other, this community, your assumptions about God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit? Can you toss it all up into the air right now, trusting that God will give you a vision to walk into the future with new eyes, to see and hearts to love? Will you move closer to each other, like Bartimaeus and Jesus and the crowd did, reducing the distance that might be present with each other, to call each other by name and ask, what do you need to heal in the ways of God? Can you be like my nephew Crosby, that when someone comes around to do that very important business of the church that must be done, like taking a four-year-old's temperature with leukemia, Can you stop that business for a second to make sure you know each other's names, you know each other's stories, and you can build that relationship in the name of God? How do you flip assumptions and expectations upside down right now for the sake of God's kingdom? How will you have it this summer, Chevy Chase? So today we've flipped a few things upside down in our liturgy. 
you've almost reversed your order of worship. And we didn't do this just to mess with your brains, even though it might. This flipping was intentional to form the liturgy around this story that breaks through the traditional ways of doing and being together. We've tossed your liturgical cloak into the air and rearranged your liturgical life for today. So I'm preaching here rather than the pulpit so that we can be closer to each other like Jesus and Bartimaeus. We have our confession after the word so we can see what it's like to hear and experience this story and the ways this story calls us to redirect our lives. And this summer, Molly is experiencing art in many ways in many forms, and liturgy is art. There's Julie's music, there's your sound, there's singing, there's poetic words, there's prayers, there's community, there's your windows, there's architecture. It's art. And both liturgy and art give us new ways of seeing and envisioning. So as Bartimaeus and Jesus inspire us to do, how does your liturgy, Chevy Chase, call you week after week to see in new ways? How does your liturgy restore your sight? How does your liturgy call forth your vision to live in God's ways? How does your liturgy get you ready for the way God flips life and relationships and assumptions and expectations upside down? Does your liturgy prepare you that when you leave this place, you can disrupt some assumptions, some needs you have about that person living in a tent at Foggy Bottom, or the person living at the bus stop on K Street, or maybe the person living in the alcove of a door here at Chevy Chase? How does your liturgy prepare you to ask, what's your name, and what do you need? Like Jesus calling Barnea's close, how does your liturgy call you close to one another? And over time, are your eyes opened by your liturgy to new ways of being human, less interested in, in what James and John were so concerned about, the status and position and titles, and does your liturgy help you become more concerned about the least of these? These are the questions that we always ask ourselves continually at Pilgrims. So Chevy Chase, this is a restorative time for y'all and Molly, and what a gift it is. And I pray that Bartimaeus' spirit call forth some unruliness in you. The nerve of Crosby to ask a nurse to call him by name. The nerve of Bartimaeus to yell at Jesus. But I pray that Bartimaeus' story stretches you to break through the old and known ways to get even closer to Jesus. And I pray that the ways of Jesus stop you to seek each other out learn names, learn stories, to be community in the ways of God. So toss your cloak, Chevy Chase. Jump up, because Jesus is calling you. May you ask and listen and see in new ways. May it be so.